0: Thank you. the child sex scene in it was actually rather sex positive
1: <clears throat> holy shit all right i guess we're starting to here today huh fuck god we're gonna have some issues today aren't we
0: we are we are hello everybody welcome to we have issues
1: with my beautiful co-host uh bryce or leader co-host i don't know which one it is
0: and uh do you want to what do you want to go by on this you do you want to use a pseudonym like uh, like um, our friend uh, Billy Tigray, or you want to you want to go by your name? I would like to be called uh
1: Chungus Gingersnap the 3rd. <laughs> Bartholomew Chungus Gingersnap the 3rd.
0: Bartholomew Chung- Chungus Gingersnap the 3rd. Welcome. Welcome. yes. <laughs> no, this is a, this is a podcast where we're going to talk about uh, pop culture. Uh, for the most part, uh, we're going to lean heavily into comics, cartoons, video games, science fiction, and fantasy. And uh, today, we're talking about sex positivity.
1: Let's just—I just want to get this out of the way. He is bisexual, and I am confused. So we are totally, totally ready for this.
0: Yes, we are. We are here for this conversation. And you know, we are—we are, we are not—we are not all voices. Absolutely. Um, but we definitely think that we have a good smattering of stuff to talk about today.
1: I feel like I am the voice of this generation, okay?
0: Okay, Zoomer. I'm just I'm just a drunk millennial.
1: I wish I was drunk. I'm too high. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, there's always next episode.
1: That's true, that's true.
0: Okay, so oh so that's that's a thing, is it? Sorry, Zoom is in, in informing me now of things that it does. There we go. Okay, so we're talking about works that are uh, fundamentally sex positive and uh, we're going to give you the Wikipedia definition of sex positive. Uh, it is, the sex, posi- the, the sex positive movement is a social and philosophical movement that seeks to change cultural attitudes and norms around sexuality, promoting the recognition of sexuality in countless forms of expression as a natural and healthy part of the human existence, emphasizing the importance on personal sovereignty, safe sex practices, and conventional, and are in consensual sex, free from violence or coercion. So, no slut shaming, God. No slut shaming. We are not here to shame sluts. And with that being said, I think I want to talk about the. First, I want to talk about the scene, that will always be left out of an adaptation of Stephen King's it. Unless you go to Pornhub. Unless, oh God, no, please, no, don't do that. <laughs>
1: Um, oh, just remember incognito mode
0: is your best friend. No, I mean, like, are you know what? If you do go to porn, like, if they do film that scene, it's like they better film it with the adults. You know what? I'm just gonna tell everybody what just it. be like Disney, just be like Disney, get adults that look like kids. I'm just gonna lay it out for you. So, if y'all seen the movie It or read the book, you're aware, you're well aware of the losers club, you're aware of these kids who live in this horrible small town called Derry in Maine and they spend their entire youth battling a horrific eldritch god in the form of a clown that changes into other things and psychically manipulates them to fear. And, and that's how it feeds, it feeds on your fears. So already, Pennywise is repression. And one of the first things that Pennywise does is he, uh, in the book, he inspires a hate crime he in- inspires the death of a, a of a queer man and the beating of his partner. You know, and there's you know stuff abounds. You know, this is a thing. Like Pennywise is all about all of the forms of fear and oppression that make us turn on each other and make us make each other afraid as well. So you know, kind of you know makes us delicious when when we when we hate and when we fear. I like to point out that that's
1: also one of his problems. He should eat us right when we're already scared you know because at a certain point our fear turns into anger. It turns into us finally standing up to the thing we hate the most.
0: No it's no it's like the one of the best movie moments of this story is all right we gotta kill this fucking clown <laughs> No because yeah you can only, you can only push people so far until they're like you know what fuck you mm-hmm so um, the kids, uh, the kids, when they defeat it the first time, and later they have to come back. And when they come back, they're their old friends, but they they also have this very traumatic traumatic history together. And uh, the first, but the first time they beat Pennywise, they did it by going down into the sewer and manifesting things at pennywise when they realize that they can manipulate reality so they start turning common objects into dangerous objects to pennywise and they think they killed it but on their way out they start to realize that the sewer seems to be changing or like like basically they're 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 falling into their own fear because they just like met an eldritch god that's like whole powers inspiring fear and if pennywise is still alive which we know he is by that point in the book then he is probably still manipulating them. He's still trying to be like, you can't leave. Um, I have to come and get you later. Like, I drown in the sewer rather than make it out. Give in to your fear. And instead of giving into fear, Bev, the one girl of the Losers Club, decides that it is time to lose our virginities. We lose it to each other. And in that one act where, like, they manage to do that, and and it's it it goes into detail. Uh, I'm not going to recount heavy heavy, heavy detail. detail. Uh, I'm not going to uh, read the entirety of it. Uh, I might read a passage of it later, but um, yeah. So that's how it works out. They all have sex. They are they they cut their hands and they make the blood oath. They're bonded for life, and no one gives anyone any shit about it. Years later, there's never there's never a moment where like Ben Haskin has suddenly fallen out of love with Bev. Because if anything, she's he still sees
1: her as this this beautiful god that he first met the first time when he was a kid. Never once that he was like, Oh, she she had sex with all of us, you know? Oh, god, she's a slut.
0: Oh, she's just man, I still don't deserve her. No, and I think, and that was it. This is also a thing where it's like, I don't think Stephen, like, it's not queer, obviously, because it's you know, it's, it's a line of it's a bunch of heterosexual sex that happens, it just happens in sequence. But like, you know, there's that whole saying that I'm sure that they had back then. It's like, when you have sex with someone, you have sex with every person that person has had sex with. So it's like, in that situation, the boys kind of lost their virginity to each other as well. Yeah, it's a sacred bond. I mean,
1: they do say that once you have sex with someone, you're actually more connected to them.
0: Yeah. So it pulls that double duty of bonding this crew that was already bonded by something horrible. And I just like that idea. I like the idea that it's like, we just fought a fucking clown demon and it was horrible and the life will never be good again except what if i what if we make life good again what if we embrace it you know and it, it's weird it actually kind of strangely reminds me of like the end of avatar the last airbender like the series uh when when Sokka and suki hook up where it's like usually i want to be like you're too young to have sex like this isn't this isn't mature, but like I watched that show until the end and I know everything that those characters have gone through and that they're going to war tomorrow and that they might die. So I'm like, yeah, fucking go for it. Like I was so happy when they hooked up in the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, they actually just like like deserve each other. Hot take. Uh, you know, Aang was the one who was more like, hey, sexy time versus war. Unlike Sokka, he was like, war, war, war. Hey, maybe a little bit of love because you might not know what's going to happen to us. But that boy was full on. We got to do something about the nation. Mhm. And was like, uh, I kind of rather have my dick get wet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, was it do you uh, is there anything else you want to say about it before we move on?
1: Um, the thing i say about it is that I mean, I agree with what you said. It's like that whole uh, bond moment of the Losers Club is great just that it's still kind of like whoa a bunch of 13 year olds doing it you know you know like it's like uh if they were like a little bit older like you know past the 18 maybe i would be more okay with it but it's like at the end of the day no matter how much we try to talk about it it's still a bunch of little kids because they're supposed to be 13 and 12 right
0: they are yeah exactly which i mean here's the thing i know 13 and 12 year olds who have had sex like when I was younger, like I knew, like I knew about like some of my fellow students who, who had explored a bit. Um, like I didn't, I was a late bloomer. I didn't do it till later, but like, you know, that was always uh, like, you know, it's, it's not unheard of that, a, that a young person decides they want to become sexually active. But like the one problem I have with it, and it's like a problem that I will have with every writer is they always want to give you weird sex. And I don't know why like re- if you read a clive barker novel there's like so much like it's like and then there was a ghost and the ghost had a massive erection
1: oh my god you should you should stay away from every manga of that's uh, available at this point <laughs> you can't open a manga without something sexual being sexualized
0: no like randomly and it's funny because it's like there there's so many other books was there was one where like there's a it's actually interesting because the age is kind of similar in this book there's a by uh sean hamill there's a book called the cosmology of monsters which is really good um but there's a sex bit in there where like a boy who's around the losers club age has sex with a monster that he sees every day or like not like frequently lucky yeah um but no there's also a part of me that's like why is this here like I'll always be reading a book and wonder like when the sex happens where it's like if it's not like oh some other form of book where it's like that's like integral I just don't understand why when Nabokov wrote Lolita he purposefully didn't write any of the sex scenes and I'm happy about that and well yeah I mean well I mean <laughs> what's funny what's funny is that i uh, uh, I actually find it disturbing
1: without like any of the sex scene, because it was like the whole book is just basically a guy's just the whole time going oh yeah look at that girl yeah yeah I want that it's like uh that's gross and if they actually did write a sex scene I would have been like yeah the whole like the whole like um uh, uh roller coaster going to the top was the creepy part not the whole actual when he does it mm-hmm kind of like what's it called uh uh that that creepy christmas song
0: Oof. oh god let it snow
1: yeah i mean well baby it's cold outside oh uh, yeah uh, no
0: i'm sorry no it's baby it's cold outside and yeah Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember someone fucking put me on blast once because I, I i said that the song was rapey and they were like i will have you know that that song was written by a husband and wife duet and they would sing it at parties and everyone thought it was delightful and i'm like okay listen to it and then tell me it doesn't sound fucking creepy
1: maybe it would help if you if just imagine um bill cosby singing the part of the man maybe that would help
0: that's what's missing here (laughs) and of course the lady has to be taylor swift Mm -hmm. all right what's your first offering what you got for me give me something sex positive
1: all right, well, let's see. This is literally a manga right here created by... Ooh, damn, my thing just said no. Wow, okay, apparently I have to be over 18, which, of <laughs> course, it's it's the whole thing. Okay, so this is called A World Where the Concept of Dirty Jokes Doesn't Exist, written by, or author by Hirotaka Akagi. Basically, this is a world where... Um, the Japan gets sick of being the butt of the joke of every you know thing like oh Japan is the dirtiest they're the creepiest so Japan put that shit on lockdown and made sure that every person is now basically in a sort of um type of a, a of um concentration cap. you like the whole the whole um, Japan and they all have to wear bracelets necklace, things that basically can tell what each of you are doing at all times they destroyed everything that has to do with dirty jokes only keeping books the positivity and all that like there are literally kids growing up who are like 13 not knowing what a penis is what a vagina is or any of that it's really bad and that's why this whole show is called that a world where the concept of dirty jokes isn't uh you know comprehend it because there are literally uh, uh people uh, like kids out there going hey that looks like a mushroom that's a nice mushroom that's a penis madam no yeah that's <laughs> how bad not. it is yeah but, that's how bad it is and then there's this group of of they're actually being called terrorists because basically what they're wa- trying to do is um bring um all that back because they believe that if you are doing if you are literally taking away all this from kids They will not understand anything. The main character, he's in love with this girl who is basically all about purity and all of that. And, you know, that's cool. And then one day he saves her and now she has this thing burning inside of her and she doesn't understand what it is. Mm -hmm. Basically, she doesn't understand the difference between love and lust because she never, ever got to, you know, study it. So this whole time she's like, oh my god, I'm in love with him, and goes on to proceed to try to rape the guy. Because she believes that this is what love is, because she never got learned any of that.
0: Damn. No, yep. so like what what about what's where's the positivity come from? Because this the sounds positive. this sounds horrifying because it sounds on one hand like everybody from the demolition man future, like <laughs> Where they're so like they have like the helmets to have sex. So they've stopped having physical sex. So no one knows what it is. They just go around all day eating Taco Bell and singing show tunes. Uh I would the positivity about this is that basically um this show
1: is trying to sh- like literally have like people be like, we have to let people be who they are. Because we have a bunch of characters in here that don't know what anything is going on. A character who doesn't understand between the love and lust. A guy who literally can't understand whether he is an, a girl or a guy. He's actually having trans uh, uh, issues. Mm-hmm. And then we have basically a girl who um, is being ripped apart from everything that's artsy. Because she actually wants to be kind of like the... How was that guy who drew all the dicks in the uh, in the Pope's house?
0: Oh, yeah. No, it was a... Um... Do you mean the guy who, was it the guy who drew the dicks or the guy yes. who put the dicks down? Who drew the dicks. I don't know.
1: I can't remember. It was like, that, that was, it wasn't Michelangelo, right?
0: No, Michelangelo did definitely put a bunch of dicks in the. In the in but the basically, yeah, thing.
1: she's also suffering in this world because she wants to draw these things, but they're not allowed.
0: Because oh. the bracelets
1: and everything can tell every movement you're doing. Everything you talk is being recorded. And so this group of, of terrorists are going around and just basically spreading positivity about how sex is. It's basically like like leaving like, hey, here's a picture of a, of a girl and a guy doing the sex position. And it, it basically makes students be like, what is this? And it makes them want to learn more about it. They're not telling the kids go straight up into sex unless you're ready. But they're basically trying to start a revolution of, hey, everyone needs to learn at least the basic concept of this thing. And that's what the whole terrorist organization is about. Just trying to give people the opportunity to know what their body is. And it's okay to be who you are.
0: Oh, I dig this. Like this actually, and and it also reminds me of just like a lot of the fucking, like people who are super about abstinence only education in school. Mm -hmm. Like that ever helped anyone. Like, it's like, no, don't teach them that. Teach them what their bodies are actually going through right now. Like Oh, exactly. Abstinence has helped no one. No. Certainly did me no
1: favors. (laughs) Oh, abstinence. If you do it too much, they start thinking you like rooting for the same team. Mm. And then they're just like, you know what? Screw abstinence. Go out there. Go and be with a woman. It's like, um, okay, you're you're giving me mixed signals.
0: Now I don't know what to do. I got that a lot. It kind of turned me into Bobby Hill as a kid where I'm like, I'm kind of afraid of being a slut. And I'm just a fat little boy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Go get him. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, but wait, I don't want to be a slut, though. Now I'm like, I don't care, dude. I I, I should have. I should have just been like, yeah, I'm going to be a slut.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's like, who are we to judge, like, what a person can and cannot do, you know?
0: Yeah. Was it, uh, shall we on to the next offering?
1: Yes. What do you have?
0: All right. I don't know how much uh, I don't know how much backlash I'm going to get for this, but do you remember in Game of Thrones? Oh boy. <laughs> okay, so in Game of Thrones, I can't remember which season, but in the TV show, uh, there's a moment. It's after the red or after the purple wedding, where Joffrey is dead, and they're about to bury him, and Cersei is with him in the Sept of Baelor, which is their their Sistine Chapel type deal. It's their, their mega church in Westeros. And she's there being guarded. And uh, Jamie, who uh, in the end of the first season slash end of the first book has been captured by the North and then gets ransomed back. And over the course of, in the books, three books, Jamie is just trying to make his way back to King's Landing. And he finally does as his son is dead. So in the TV show, Jamie shows up and rapes Cersei over her son's dead body, um, which I hated. I absolutely hated it. It's not like there aren't enough rapes in Game of Thrones without having to invent new ones. But it was a completely unnecessary scene. And you can see it was unnecessary because immediately afterwards, Cersei sees Jamie in a room and acts like she wasn't just raped which is absolutely not something Cersei would do. It's explainable because in the book, that was not rape. In the book, he returned. This is the first time she's seen him in years. Their their son is dead and they embrace and they get a little into it. They get taken up with it. So he, he puts her up on the altar of the mother, which is in the Sept of Baelor, they have seven altars for each of the different gods of westeros or at least the, for the faith of the seven all of the seven get their own altar so he puts her up on the uh the altar of the mother and she's on a period but they have sex anyways and it's awesome they 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 forget their trouble they see each other again for the first time and they they come together and it's over joffrey's body you know like his his dead body's still over there which if this were any other fucking story or any other person, I would say that that was disrespectful, but I can think of nothing that Joffrey Baratheon deserves more than to die. And then to have his parents just like fuck in the corner and move on. Now uh, also it normalizes, uh, it normalizes like, you know, accepting things about your partner. Like, you know, Jamie comes back without a hand. Cersei's going to have to get over that. But in that moment, it didn't seem to matter. And uh, Cersei was on a period. Uh, but Jamie didn't mind. Because periods happen. Oh, no.
1: Totally normal.
0: Totally normal. Totally normal. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little on the fence about whether or not that scene's sex positive. I just like it. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, even if you do like it, guess what?
1: There's no shaming here. No
0: No shame. No shame. No shame. No shame.
1: No, I understand what you're saying. I mean, it's it's really true. Like the thing is that when you're with your partner and you guys just have that extreme vibe of, you know, understanding each other, mm-hmm. of course, the world doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. In their mind, they could have just been in their in their house just living it up like the old days.
0: Yeah. You know. No, and this is like this is a thing, like not to get too personal about it, but like, you know, it's a it's a response that I've had in my life where you know i would experience trauma or extreme grief and you know i should be crying but instead like you know i'm i'm trying to hook it up i'm trying to feel a human connection like i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to have like sort of a good moment of pleasure with someone else that's not about the thing that's fucking me up and i don't think that that's unhealthy I don't think that a sex drive in in trying times is unhealthy.
1: No, it's totally fine. And that should never, ever be frowned upon. Because, of course, while things are so bad, and once again, we're bringing up, what's it called? Um, it, you want to be able to just forget everything. And, of course, when you're, like, getting into it, you're forgetting everything. Because all you care about is, like, two people coming together. Mm-hmm. Unless you're one of those assholes who just are like fucking and then are like, hmm, did I do the dishes? Oh, I got to think about tomorrow's dentist appointment. Then that that person is a complete asshole.
0: Yeah. No, and it's like, it's different strokes for different folks. If you're the kind of person who, if you just lost someone, it's going to be a while before you feel like doing anything like that. That's valid. That's fine. On the other hand, I'm not going to shame anyone for doing it either. The only thing that we really can, I guess, shame Jamie and Cersei for is the incest. Hmm. Um... But I really don't mind it at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah, because um, uh, I'm going to uh, pull up a name. Donna Pinciotti from the show That 70 Show. When she got hit with the greatest moment of grief, her mom literally abandoning her and her father. um the minute Eric even came to her, and this is when they completely broke up because she didn't want to be tied down,
0: mm-hmm. she
1: immediately attacked them and they went on it. And every time he she, he was in her vicinity, he went str- she went straight in there because she wanted to just forget that her mother just left her, that she didn't love her enough to actually stay or even take her.
0: Yeah. No, highly relatable. Highly relatable.
1: It's like, yeah, man. It's like, dude... When when everything goes down, the one thing you count out is the like you know the feeling of another human that you can connect with.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I'm not even going to get super down on them for the incest either. I mean, all right. So in our real world, it's bad, and I don't like it. Um, Unless you're Alabama. Yeah, no. uh, In the reality of the of the book slash TV show, Targaryens had been doing that shit for years. Like it's not like it's weird they want to be like oh it's fucking weird because it's incest and it's like dude you have like a 700 year old dynasty based on incest
1: asians yeah. chinese japanese yeah. a lot of them married each other's cousins
0: no fucking ancient egypt married brother sister all the time that was mm-hmm. you know and yeah, it- cleopatra thousands of years yeah cleopatra mm-hmm. all right so what's our next offering Alright,
1: let me get that ready. Interspecies Reviewers. I'm bringing a lot of manga and anime into this.
0: I yeah, no, it's very manga heavy and I'm about it.
1: <laughs> so, Interspecies Reviewers is a book about a group of guys who literally just go on adventures but it's not about the adventure of the book. It's literally about them Venturing out, collecting their money, and going to the nearest brothel and enjoying themselves with women. That's the whole show. That's legitimately the whole premise of this thing. I like it. (laughs) You don't see the adventure. You just see them collecting their money and going, all right, where are we going to go today, guys? And they basically just do that no one shames them no one tells them anything they sometimes like to shame on each other but because here's the catch the whole group is all different uh species so we actually get to see uh, different points of views and try to understand each other because even though they're like oh man dude why would you do that they are like "Eh, i understand why you do that all right sorry for shaming you mm-hmm. they're apologizing for what they feel oh. like in the very first episode uh, they uh uh this uh human is like ah oh, man I can't believe you 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 are so lucky your elf oh so, looks so young they look like they're just turning 18 and all that and then his best friend the elf is like oh gross man that's like my grandmother what are you talking about she looks like she's 18 yeah but she's four thousand years old she is <laughs> she is like my grandma and then you see uh uh uh, what's called an old lady a human old lady who's 80 uh, coming and going oh hey you know thanks for a good night last night and he's like ah man you humans all your women are so young it's amazing (laughs) and he's like dude that is an old person he's like what are you talking about she's 80 that's like extremely young
0: it's hot you guys that's exactly no, oh my god that's amazing no i love that too because it's like it was it taking away like sort of you know yeah w- all right so w- fucking hot take we're not in favor of pedophilia but um i kind of love like the normalizing of dating between variously different ages but it's just like you know yeah i like to date older people and it's like fucking do it you know <laughs> what makes you happy no, well, yeah, and then and then the the whole the
1: whole issue got with them because they kept fighting about nah, hum- uh, elves are better. No, humans are better. That they're like, all right, let's get the rest of the gang. So they go to their gangs and they each give their respective review on of what they both think. And everyone was like, yeah, bro, um, I kind of got I gotta go with your bro here. Um, I'm a dog beast man, so um, when I hang with one of them, I can smell the age versus a human where you're like, yeah, no, they they smell like they're old, but not like horrible like like the elf people and then yeah at the end they're like god man i guess you're right but at the end of the day i still like the elf and eh, i think i thank you for that man and I, i and i thank you for letting me you know be with the humans and that's what they do they go around doing all this and people actually like they actually put the reviews out for other people to read and it's actually been helping uh people like uh come out of their um their uh caves you know, and going, you know what? I actually want to be with uh, with a, maybe a, a mermaid or an elf or something because these people are doing something they, they are too afraid and then finally taking the courage.
0: I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> no, yeah. oh, dude, that's. I also, I love it. And I also kind of love like the way that you pitch it where it's just like, these are the moments between adventures, which like in real life, you know, like if I, you know, if you were to make a movie about my life, you know, and it was like like, you know, if we had to do something fucking crazy for work and it was like you know, sort of our version of Helm's Deep like, I would probably spend less time talking about that to other people later in my life as I would the party that we had afterwards oh yeah, that's because that's the fun thing, that's where you're like, man it's crazy that thing that just happened, why don't we sit down and hang out and have a good time and try and like Figure some shit out. No, oh, yeah, it's nice. I mean, it doesn't have to be an like adventure, me, which is fun to me. Like, just like a just a bunch, just bunch bros being bros. Like, exactly.
1: But yeah, no, that's what I love about this whole series. It's just, it's just a bunch of dudes like accepting each other. And the thing is that they're not afraid to show each other's kinks. They all go together to these brothels, and they all come out and they're like, "How, how'd you guys like it? Oh, I liked it, and eh, not so much me." oh really oh what was wrong and they'd actually talk each other and then like oh cool now we know
0: no and like i love that shit too because it's like you ever have a conversation with someone like who's like a friend's like i don't know if i want to talk about this and it's like i don't really want to talk about it either i want to have a frank discussion of something that's bugging me about my sex life (laughs) like you know and it's it's cool like i understand when when people don't want to talk about that but like you know there's a thing where it's just like you know you know, if you're, if you have like hanging out with like a super bro, and it's just like, there's this thing, and it's the super bro is like, I hear you, dude. Like, yeah, sometimes you really just want to talk about like your sex life,
1: and it's kind of sad that we can't do that uh, more because you know, everyone the minute you start talking about that, they're like, oh, why are you doing that? It's like, I mean, sorry, I thought we were friends enough to actually talk about it.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry to bother you with my friendship. <laughs> Was it? Shall we move on to the final offerings? Oh yeah, Yo, go for it. All right, this is my last one, and actually, I think this one's kind of my most sex-positive one. <laughs> um, and all of the other ones have sort of like shades where it's like you could you could maybe make an argument that they're not very. I feel like this one's very sex-positive, and it's from uh, the Witcher books. Because like everyone else, I saw the TV show. And before that, I watched my roommate play Witcher 3 on PS4. And I was absolutely struck by how horny it was. Just the the video game, at least, seems very, very, like, horny. Like, the TV show has its moments, but also has its moments of, like, you know, yeah, you, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. It's whatever. Um, it normalizes a lot of relationships, which I think is very healthy. And, you know, it kind of doesn't leave you with the whole like, oh, you must find your one true love. But that does seem to be like a thing in the background. But for the most part, people are just hanging out. They're like getting into new adventures. They're they're hooking up with new people. Because that's mostly what life is uh, for, for most of us. Um, but this particular story, uh, this is from the very first Witcher book by Andrzej Sapkowski. Andrzej Sapkowski. Uh, and it's from The Last Wish. And the story is uh, all of this book is basically full of stories about the Witcher, but all of the stories are like low-key fairy tales. And the second story in it is The Lesser Evil. And that story is about Geralt wandering into Beauty and the Beast. So he rolls up on the forest one day, and there's this dead body. And he sees that the dead body has been killed by some sort of vampire or something. Some monster got to it. He knows it's supernatural. So he goes into the forest to try and figure out what killed it. him. And finds a beast man in an enchanted castle and a quiet lady who stays around. So Geralt stays with the dude. Gets the whole story about how... he he was rich at one, or he was rich at one point, his dad was like a super important dude, but then his dad died and he got cursed to be a beast, and he figured that, and he also realized, he realizes too, uh, Geralt realizes that the curse cannot be lifted. Uh, It just has to run its course. It has to, it has to be sort of the cured by true love type of thing. So uh, the the beast uh, tells the story of his life, And how um, he got to a point where, like, I'm sorry. So the Beast tells the story of his life uh, after becoming a Beast. And he gets to a point where, like, you know, people are starting to wander onto his property. And the things that you think of as the beauty and the Beast story happen. You know, "Uh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be here. What can I do? And, you know, the Beast, he doesn't know what to do to say, cause this has never happened to me. He's like, give me your daughter. And the guy's like, okay, okay. and But he felt guilty about that. So he gave the dad a bunch of money and he went away and the daughter stayed for a year but they were just like friends. Like He's like, oh no, we would stay up all night and talk and it was great. And then the year was up and she left. And then like later another dude would wander in and you know, oh no, I've been caught by the beast. I sure hope I don't have to give him my daughter and he gives me a bunch of money. So all of the problematic shit about the Beauty and the Beast story is like now gone. And it's kind of a funny sex comedy because now it's just a thing that the people around know is that like, oh no, if you, if you're fucking down on your luck, just to get lost on the Beast property, he'll give you money and you just give him your daughter and he will, in a couple of the daughters, like the first one he had, he didn't date, but the other ones he did. And what's even more amazing is like after the first time he has sex, he's just like, it must've worked. It must've worked. I must be cured. He'll run to the mirror and he's still a beast. And this happens for like multiple women that he's with. Like he'll, he'll just realize his body is not changing back, but that doesn't stop the fact that the women seem to actually like him. Like a lot of them, like there's this one story about like this one girl who was with them and like, she was like, let's scare people. he's like are you serious and she's like yeah and they would like whenever people would like wander onto the property they would come out him as the beast and her like bare-breasted naked and riding him just being like get
1: him jesus
0: (laughs) so they have fun you know they have fun um no there's it was it there's like other girls where it's like oh i don't i don't know if i like him but then all of a sudden like you know shit shit goes a little like shit goes uh well and, you know, they start getting into each other. And it's like, oh, yes, gnaw me on the neck. Bites me. Kill me. Like, and they just get really into this fucking beast roleplay because these women accept this dude, this giant beast for who he is. And he also kind of comes to accept the fact that, like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't need to change. Like, you know, the curse kind of sucks. and I means it's not into it. But, like, he's like, it's not really making my life worse. Um. But the sadness comes at the end, though, because the the woman that he fell in love with uh, is like a vampire demon lady. And she tries to kill the Witcher. So he's got to come to the Witcher's defense and he tries and he doesn't want to. But there's no way that, you know, he can protect this man who has been nothing but kind and innocent to him other than kill his the love of his life before uh, she can kill Geralt and he does and as soon as he does the beast turns back into a human and that was the true love that he had to let go i'm gonna cry right no it's i love that story so much and it was a thing that was like i was not because i watched the fucking cutscenes from the video game where it's like people are naked and you can bone in the video game and i'm like i didn't expect like an adult, cogent, like, kind of funny body, like, sex-positive story. I mean, hey, I mean, it it, it goes also, which we're going to talk in another
1: set of issues that I have, um, about how just because it's animated or a cartoon or it's not a live person doing it, people automatically disregard it as, oh, this is just a kid thing. It cannot be as deep as other people's like like live tv shows or movies when it's like there has been moments where um a game has broken me way more than any tv show has Mm -hmm. and it's like and i would like to bring up what's called the last of us part one like the first the first 10 minutes in and already i cried and i was like yeah yeah wow a TV show has had me for two seasons, and the most I've been like, "Oh, that's sad." But here it's like, "Oh God, oh God, I got, t- I need to stop playing this game. I need to come back once I feel better." Oh, where are the tissues? <laughs> but it's like so sad because, like, yeah, that's that was like, uh, you're just never gonna get things like that.
0: No, no, they're very few and far between, and I love it when they happen in the places we don't think they'll happen. Mm -hmm. so uh do you have a final offering
1: Uh, i don't know if i have a last one because this last one is like i i I lost most of my notes for this
0: one because
1: let's just say i might be defending a psychotic
0: person something new and different for us
1: okay okay I know you don't think that John Lis is an American hero but he is <laughs> he cured his wife's syphilis alright
0: say what you want about Hitler but he killed Hitler
1: <laughs> what an American hero um,
0: I'm editing this out <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man we're going to Pennsylvania man we're okay. going to Pennsylvania
0: Fucking live here <laughs>
1: dibs next to bill
0: cosby oh hey what's up louis ck how you doing
1: (laughs) no louis i don't want to see your dick
0: ah kevin spacey
1: oh no no it's okay it's okay we can't hate him he's gay now
0: (laughs) in my bias watch me (laughs) come here boy
1: All right, so I, I'm I, I'm defending this just because I honestly love me a good yonderer. Like, ah, that's just one of my things, a yonderer. And here, let me give you the what, uh, what
0: is a yonderer.
1: And let me good for you to ask. So. A yonder, and this is on um, based on a Google search, a yonder is a term used for a person who is initially loving and caring to someone they have strong affection for until their romantic love, admiration, and devotion becomes feisty and mentally destructive in nature through either overprotectiveness, violence, brutality, or even all three combined. Okay. There are many forms of a yonder, like like seriously ones that are overprotective that they feel like they have to do things with your knowledge or without your knowledge to protect you. Like, let's say you want a uh, what's it called? A, um, a promotion for something. Guess what? Oh, I heard what you wanted. I just killed the person next in line. So now you're in line. Oh, okay. That's, that's the protective one. Wow. Then there's a, then there's a brutal version where they're like, Oh no, I need to, teach your body that you can only love me in which case the person they love is in danger and then there's the uh, uh, what was the, uh, the third one again the oh uh, yeah the violence one is where they go for everyone around you but leave you alone to show that hey I can hurt everyone around you but not you because you are my true love yeah yonder is
0: very toxic
1: very, but I love her and I don't care what anyone says. Um, goddammit, I lost where I had this. Um, basically, this book is called Da 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 I no Ai by Chira Daisuke. Basically, the story is about a girl who, um, it's the typical stereotypical outcast of the school like you know she didn't have friends and this is all by the way happening when they were in elementary mm-hmm. she didn't have no friends nobody cared about her and like she just had no drive one day a single boy gave her one random act of kindness and now his whole life is a living hell he uh, basically uh gives her kindness and then she's like uh hey can we talk later on uh behind the school and the thing is that in Japanese culture, what's it called when you ask someone that, you're basically setting up a, uh, a, which is known that, oh shit, he's gonna ask her out. It's well known. And like here, where you just go up to them, and be like, hey, uh, do you want to go out? Or do you send a text or email. In in Japan, you actually tell them to meet you at a location to ask that question. It's never just upfront. It's like, oh no, can you meet? Me? under the tree can you meet me behind the school can you meet me in the gym you choose a location to give you the courage to say what you want that was the first time she actually had the courage to do something and she asked him hey can you know can you go out with me i really like you and he's like oh i'm really sorry i actually really like this one other girl and you know I, i i you know i'm sorry and then she's like oh that's okay um if she wasn't like you know if you never have met her do you think you would have liked me and then he was like "Mm, yeah you know if i probably never met her you know we we probably could have gotten along and then she's like okay cool everything's gonna be fine and later on he like the kid is so happy because you know he's like yes she the girl i like is finally gonna go on a walk with me he shows up to the classroom and there she is dead
0: what
1: yeah she's just dead just dead Just dead. Yeah, and you see the other girl just like, oh, hey! Look at this! We can be together now! Isn't that
0: awesome? Oh my god. How in Godzilla's rightful kingdom is this sex positive?
1: This is when they're kids. She hasn't even unlocked her true potential yet. (laughs) So we have a time skip because she gets arrested, by the way, of course.
0: <laughs> no shit. <laughs> was it for the murder or was it for something else?
1: For the murder. For the murder. Yeah. So she gets, uh, you know, um, arrested, time skip. There. He's now a high schooler and he's, of course, critically depressed. And, you know, and then there's this, once again a girl who get, has interested in him. And he's just afraid of, of once again, connecting with people because, you know, he's never been able to be calm because he's always like, is she behind me? Is she behind me? Is she near me? Like, what the fuck is going on? So she, like, literally likes him and everything. And he's like, all right, fine. We'll go on one date. They go on a date and everything. And lo and behold, she saw everything. Yeah, she did. (laughs) Yeah. and she basically does what every yonder does, kidnap the girl, torture her until she is basically afraid of the guy, and then she basically takes him to the other room and does unspeakable things to him. Oh, dear. And then she disappears again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, it gets better. How? All right, another time skip. He's now in the future. He's an adult now. Um and he basically just doesn't care about much anymore he, and the thing is that this is where uh the sex positivity starts to kind of start unfold where basically you know how we're talking about like we just want to feel someone's like body to get out of the mentality yeah the first thing you see is him always going with girls and just having a night with them because he wants to have just moments of pause of the torment that's in his head of seeing girls he likes and cares about getting hurt always being afraid that, hey, she's coming after me. It's those moments where he's like, yeah, he, he tries to forget all that. oh I know it's sad. That is... And then she appears. Of course. But the problem is that she has amnesia now. She He actually went under the radar to find out where she lives so that he could go up there and just, blam. End it all. He meets up with her and it turns out she has amnesia. Yeah, and uh, the girl that got tortured by uh, her, her sister is basically working with him because they're like, yeah, we need to work together to, uh, you know.
0: Stop this psycho.
1: Yes. <laughs> and so she has amnesia, and then she's like, dude, you shouldn't do anything. You look at her. She doesn't know who she is. Next day, she has her basically fucking, like, tied up and everything, torturing her as well. And yeah, and he basi- she basically gives him an ultimatum. Come be mine or or every person that you've ever met or seen will be tortured.
0: Wow. This is very unhealthy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like, I, I feel sympathy for her because it's basically she never understood how to deal with her emotions. And the thing is that we get a backstory of her, of her life. And basically, anytime she tried to do anything where, you know, I'm going to embrace it, gets shut down with negativity and because negativity only gets results she learned that the reason why i think that this is sex positive in my eyes is because basically it's a tale of hey this is these are things you should probably never do or try to get help
0: no all right i see it sort of like a a don't do this yeah a tale of warning (laughs) of careful yeah no these are these are the, the this is the price of ignoring a real problem Okay. Exactly. I see that. I see that.
1: No, like, later on, she basically, like, he gives her uh, you know, she gives him a Ten Commandment rule. Like, of things he has to do daily, every day, or else things will go wrong. Eventually, she, uh, he tries to kill her. To no avail, of course. Fails. Yeah. And, um, she starts torturing him. Starts, like, carving initials onto him and everything. And, for the first time, she started actually feeling things again. And once again, it's the whole warning of, like, if she would have just gotten help or at least done something to not feel so ashamed of who she is, she actually could have had a more bright future.
0: She just, she just couldn't do it. She just couldn't, couldn't let go of that one day where she thought that she was getting asked out by the dude she really liked. Exactly. It's sad because
1: her mother basically didn't help at all. She blamed her for everything. She killed herself and blames her for it. Oh, yeah.
0: So that yeah, this girl basically just never had a positive example of what love was.
1: Exactly, because in her eyes, everything that she's doing, literally, she thinks it's okay. She thinks that this is all what a normal family does. Eventually, his best friends, uh, you know, catch him and rescue his ass and she goes into hiding and the and he this is where the and the thing is that the book is still going and uh the last chapter was literally just her going all right I have everything I need and she has two bags a welcome home bag and a hey this is your future bag and let's just say that half of the house is basically a nice family thing there's a crib for the baby there's like you know things for photos oh it's a nice thing and the other half of the house is a torture room
0: dear god
1: and now it's a game to see of who can ha- capture who first
0: S- sounds thrilling what's this called again
1: <laughs> uh let me see uh it's called uh in english it would be called i'm yours now fumika I no ai. all
0: right oh well, is it we're uh we're coming up towards the end uh Anything that you want to? Anything you want to drop for closing remarks? Don't be afraid to to be who you are. Don't, or else yeah. you'll
1: end up like a yonderer, killing people that you love.
0: You yeah, know, people, don't be afraid to be who you are, unless it's a yonderer. Don't be that you fucking psycho.
1: They've done nothing wrong. I see the yonders as like as like people who don't understand how to express their love.
0: Yeah. No, it's you know what. Fine. Express yourself, folks. Do it healthy, and you know, try and try and keep try and keep your issues at bay. And we'll see you next time. Uh, I've been Bryce Skidmore. I'm Bartholomew. And have yourself a good night, people. And.